You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Lockdown Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. If you like stand-up comedy, I am a comedian. You can see my stuff on YouTube, youtube.com slash Joe Kilgallen. Also, follow this podcast on Twitter. That's at Lockdown Cubs. All right, how are we doing? I am going to recap the second game of the Cubs doubleheader in which the Cubs fell they were uh, losers to the Colorado Rockies by a score of 13 to 10. It was an extra inning affair, which always strikes me as weird when a because, you know, the doubleheaders are now seven inning games. So you're watching the game. And I remember the ninth inning finishing and just it totally just forget. I forgot about it with the rule thing. And then I'm hearing, uh, you know, Bugshiambi go, well, we're going into our and yet another extra inning. And I'm like, yet another because I right when I saw the ninth inning, I'm like, oh, now we're going into extras. But then I forgot. That you know, it's just a strange thing. There's a two, we'll talk about the couple rules that we see with these double headers now seven innings and then the extra innings. So, when you have a double header that goes in extra innings, you're seeing both of the two biggest rule changes in Major League Baseball in what since 1968 when they lowered the mound the next season. Then, shortly after that, the DH was added to the American League. I mean, these are two really big changes that the league has talked about that they're kind of in favor with favor four and they're going to bring it up in the upcoming CBA, the collective bargaining agreements that's going to happen as soon as the offseason begins between the Major League Baseball Players Association Association and the commissioner's office. It should be interesting to see how that goes down. This episode is brought to you by Lockdown MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, Sully, every day on the Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from Lockdown MLB's network team of local experts. So subscribe today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, Lockdown MLB. Okay, Cubs fans, you know, the game, let's talk about the game itself, and then we could go into those weird rules, and I can tell you how I feel about them. I, I, yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'll save it. I'm teasing you a little bit here, teasing you. Justin Steele made a start in his starts. If you're a Cubs fan with your eye on the future, I've been must-see TV. like his stuff a lot. He went three and two-thirds, struck out five. Good to see as far as making batters swing and miss. Two walks, okay. Four earned runs, five hits. Now, after a shaky first inning, he settled down. Clean second inning, clean third inning. Clean meaning no runs scored. And then in the fourth inning, runs into a little bit of trouble. Pitch count was a little high because he had that real, real shaky first inning when she gave up a two-run homer, walked a guy. So the pitch is kind of tallied up a little bit there. And he gets removed with uh, 70, 73 pitches. 73 pitches into the fourth inning. I understand it. All right, this guy is a 24-year-old who they're still – he was in the bullpen the first half of the season – and you know you don't want to risk any injury. You're really gonna you're handling it with kid gloves. I fully support that. Nothing would make you look dumber as a manager or an organization as a whole than to burn out a young arm in meaningless games. Meaningless games. I mean, as nice as these games are for the development of certain players, Justin Steele, of course, being one of them. By the way, side note: doesn't Justin Steele just sound like an all-star? That like name-wise, and any. Area in life. If you meet a guy named Justin Steele, you're doing a double take. 
you know, you walk in, you're like, Hey, welcome to Irving park Ford. And you're like, Oh, how are you doing? It's like, I'm Justin Steele. How can I help you? You're like, you can help me by picking out a car for me, my man. You're Justin. I'm buying whatever you're selling, pal. Like, you know, it's just a cool name. So that's another reason to root hard for the guy. And then when he does become an, an all-star, we shouldn't be surprised. You guys could all look back on this episode of lockdown Cubs and be like, you know, Kilgallen made a good point there. His name was Justin Steele. He's going to steal your heart, steal your girl. You know what I'm saying? He's going to steal some, some, uh, some, some money. I don't know. I don't know what, where I was going with the steals. I ran and you needed a third thing. I needed a third thing. And I didn't have a third thing. I said, steal your heart, steal your girl. And then I didn't know where to go for the third one. Sometimes you need a third one. He'll steal the souls of uh, opposing hitters. There we go. We, you know, sometimes you got to work it out. You got to workshop these jokes. Sometimes everyone, it's not like I'm reading off a script. It's coming off the top of my head. Don't judge me. I, I, I feel some, ju- <laughs> I just mess around guys. All right. So steal, you know, it's, I hate that. It's a weird rule in baseball because it always makes the pitcher look worse. The inherited runners thing. So four earned runs, but two of the guys. So Trevor McGill comes in after him and Trevor McGill serves up a grand slam, but only two of the four runners who scored on the grand slam he served up count towards Trevor McGill's ERA. Oh, what a sparkling ERA it is too. 11.37. Just give him the other two runs. That way you keep my guy Justin Steele's ERA in the threes where it belongs. But now Justin Steele's ERA is up over 4.15, so it makes it look like he's been pitching worse than he has. I I, I, don't, I get it. It's weird with the inherited runners when you give up a grand slam, though. If you're a relief pitcher and you come in with a runner on third base and a guy hits a bloop single, yeah, I don't believe that run should be charged to you. But if you come in and you load the bases, they weren't loaded when he came into the game. He loaded them. Obviously, not all of the runners. Two runners were already on, but he made it so that they were loaded. Then he gives up a grand slam. All four of those are on you. Those should totally be on you. And I, oh, Grant, oh, yo, but he didn't put the first two runners on. No, but he he gave it the kiss of death. Trevor McGill, I, I see no future with him in the Cubs. I know he touches 98, 99, but for whatever reason, he gets lit up. Let's take a closer look at this guy's numbers right now. Okay. If you are eating something, I suggest you stop. Because I think your stomach, you're going to get sick to your stomach hearing some of these numbers from one Justin Steele. In 17 games, he's pitched 12 and two-thirds. He's given up 21 hits. Awful. He's given up 16 earned runs in 12 innings. More runs than innings. Awful. Six home runs in 12 innings. That means a home run every other inning. For those of us who are simple at math like myself, that's bad. So he'll have one outing, no home runs. Next outing, a home run. Six home runs, that's horrible. Uh, six walks in 12 innings. Eh, all right, that's not that. It's still bad, though. His whip is 2.13. Atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. And this is his MLB career. These are the first. I know, again, maybe, let's, what's his age? Because I, I, I totally forgot that these were the first 12 innings of his career. He is 1993. Today he's going to be, he's 26 currently. No, I'm sorry. He's 27 years old. He's a big dude. If you hear this, I'm sorry. He is six foot eight, 250 pounds. And also, you got to remind ourselves with the pandemic season. You should really, everyone should be a year younger uh, as far as like the way we view them, you know, because there's a lot of these guys barely played the past pandemic year in 2020. So it's not like there was a lot of wear and tear on them. So, all right. He's got some good youth. Youth is still on his side, but. And, and I get it. We're not competing for anything. I just don't like watching a pitch right now. 
it'd be great if you could just put him to triple A or just shut him down for the year and then work on some stuff in the off season with him because yeah, he's got 98, you throw 98, 99. We should be able to figure something out with you, but the home runs are just, I don't know. You, you, you may, is it a flat? Is it flat? Just the flattest fastball ever. Cause there are guys like that. We've seen guys who throw 98, 99 and they get rocked. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's not an enjoyable thing for to watch right now as a Cubs fan, seeing him come in in middle relief. And it's usually at a game that's still within reach. The Cubs did come back to tie it with Ian Happ hitting a three-run home run in the seventh inning to make the score all tied up 8-8. Ian Happ, everyone. We should give Ian Happ some love, and uh, we'll do that in just a moment. But I got to tell you, this episode is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that's letting you catch the game live, right? And the other that's letting you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Okay. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. A great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and passwords and all sorts of other log. You ever accidentally get logged out of one of these things? It's torture, okay? There's also no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Again, that is directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Built Bar. This episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There is something for everybody. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorite flavors. Trust me on this one. They got coconut. They got raspberry. They got mint brownie. That's my favorite. That's my that's my number one. It's my go-to. They got double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Okay? And the best part is not only are they amazingly tasty, not only are they delish, they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein. That packs a punch, right? Have it after a workout. Now you're, now you're feeling it. Right, you're feeling you. You know, you do the curls for the for the girls. You do the tries for the guys. You got a good pump on. You follow it up with a built bar. You're ready to rock, looking tight. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only four to five grams of sugar. That's big, right? You don't want to be loading up on the sugar. We all know how bad that is for you. And only four to five grams of net carbs as well. So order today, right? You want to get all over it. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That's pretty sweet. And here's the offer. You want to go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Ian Happ has turned it around. He has absolutely turned it around, Cubs fans. And I'm excited. I am excited for it because it's only good. It's good because we like Ian Happ. He is a good human being. And yes, he strikes out way too much. And the defense at times can be a little bit desired. And maybe it's too much coffee and podcast for him. I don't, I disagree with those things. Some people are like, is he too focused on his podcast? Nobody in the right mind except that punter would give up or lose focus. Uh, what's his name? I got nothing against him. He's actually pretty entertaining. Pat McAfee. You guys know he, he retired a year early to do this podcast. And it was $4 million bucks on the table. I'm like, dude. You're a punter. Get the $4 million for your final season. The podcast is going anywhere. You could probably do both. I don't know. That was always a weird thing to me. But yeah, Ian Happ, 
you know, got off to a rough start. Then he started to get going. Then he got injured. And then he just never could find a groove. This season, as I've said before, for a lot of players, it, they, there was a there was a cloud. There was a black cloud over the head of this season from the jump street. They were telling themselves, we got to get off to a hot start. They didn't. Then they rebounded incredibly well. That After a, an abysmal April, they bounced back and had a, a phenomenal seven weeks almost from May 1st through what, June 17th-ish. And then the wheels came off hard. They came off hard, and then and, and that's when it, it, it gets worse, you know, um, almost like an alcoholic. You're like, oh, I shouldn't have had those drinks. And you're like, well, at this point, forget it. Or, or when you try to turn it around, you know, any poker players out there, you go on tilt. This team going on tilt means you, you lost a bad hand, and then you keep playing hands and try to make up for the bad hand you lost. And before you know it, you're just not thinking right. You're putting too much mental pressure on yourself. And baseball is a mental game. And do I think, do I, I don't know as of right now if Ian Happ fits into the Cubs' plans, but I know a good Ian Happ, and even if it's garbage time, like people are saying, like, oh, the games are meaningless now. Of course he's hitting now. Ah, it's, you know, this isn't like basketball when it, a team is way out of it and you got a guy chucking the ball up and he's finally finding a groove. And I don't know. Baseball, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of mental to it. You know, it's, it's a rhythm game. It is. It's 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 a it's a rhythm game, and I don't care when you find the rhythm. I, obviously, you want it to be consistent. The best players are consistent, and we of course could have used this Ian Hap in late June when everyone else was struggling. That's what a balanced offense does, because you're going to have guys struggle, and then other players are supposed to pick them up. All right, Hap and Rizzo are struggling right now. All right, Contreras and Hap, you pick them up. Okay, Javi and Contreras are struggling right now. Okay, Bryant and uh, Nico pick them up. Yeah, I'm trying to shuffle names around here. The good is that, A, we have him under control, so you can tender him a contract and then trade him if you don't feel like he fits in your plans. If he finishes strong, he will have some trade value as someone who's under at least two more seasons of control. I believe we have him under control for 2022, 2023. So you got a couple years of control. Switch hitter could play multiple positions with some pop. Yeah, I think he'll still have some value. You're not going to get some haul, but you could get something solid back. I mean, we got some solid stuff back for a lot of players. I didn't think we'd get solid returns for. And, you know, people are a little bit more desperate to trade deadline per se, but you typically get a little bit more in the offseason. Ian Hep's numbers are now, again, they're not great. Uh, he's up to 198. Let's get over that Mendoza line at 200. He has 15 home runs now, 344 at bats. Uh, so the power is really starting to show up. OPS is up to 670. I think league average is like 730. So if he finishes strong, he could get back over league average. Uh, because for his career, he's been over league average, you know, um, his last seven games, Ian Happ is hitting 381 with eight ten slugging percentage. That's otherworldly. His last 15 games, he's hitting 319. His last 30, 255. Be a guy in between those two. Be a guy in between your last 15, and your last 30, a guy who hits about 275, 280 with your pop. That's, that's ideal. That's something you could deal with, right? Uh, you could handle that with all the strikeouts. If he, Ian Happ is hitting, again, he's another guy, like on a good team, hits you sixth or seventh. And you can't really have, I don't know, where would you put Ian Happ? Maybe for fun, uh, and the, tomorrow's Friday, for Friday's episode, and they're not playing today, so there'll be no game to recap. I'll do a fun little, my, I'll probably change it several times over, over time, too. I'll do my own little dream scenario of what I want to see the 2022 Cubs lineup to look like. 
And again, Ian Happ is only 27 and he just turned 27 10 days ago or so. It was like uh, your birthday recently, maybe two weeks ago. He's only making 4.1 million. So his arbitration raise, maybe he makes 5 million next year. That is too cheap to non-tender. If they non-tender that, that is really cheap. Um, unless they really just don't fit in the plans. I feel like you tender and then find a spot to trade for him. But again, it remains to be seen. If he, if he goes, you know, if he finishes with 185 batting average, because he could, he could fall right back off the table. Hopefully it doesn't happen. Right now he's below, his, he's a minus 0.1 wins above replacement. It's pretty bad. His weighted runs created plus is 85. 85. 100 is league average for weighted runs created plus. So like last year in 2020, he was a 132 in weighted runs created plus, which means he was 32% above league average. He was very, very good in 2020. His defense has really fallen off too. He's had a bad defense. It's just, it's just been an ugly year for Ian. And that's why you really like what you're seeing and you hope it continues from Ian Happ. But I could go over the rest of the box score from the game uh last night's game again a really another weak crowd only 24,000 announced and most of that was season tickets i had a few friends who were there shout out to my guy danny kelsey and have to him a ball and he was feeling like the guy's like four, almost 40 years old and he was acting like a child out at the bar last night talking about it the rest of the bullpen did not do the cubs any favors uh you know samson and then jewel really kind of ended the game for us uh we lost 13 to 9 schwindel continues two for four rbi walk only one strikeout 960 is his OPS right now. Again, if, if he finishes the year with a plus 900 OPS, the, even if we were competing, you know, I'm saying even if we were competing, but like it'd be stupid not to bring him back, right? Like what more does a guy have to do to earn a spot on your team the next season other than tear the cover up the ball like he's been? Uh, Patrick Wisdom, who had the big blow in game one of the doubleheader, did not do as well in game two. He went 0 for 4. He did score two runs. He walked once, struck out twice. Average is now down to 251. OPS 852. Still like the power. OPS is very good. 850. Anything in the eights, you're pretty solid with. And he played a, a good first base. Uh, David Bodie, who homered in game one, he went one for four. Bodie's hitting over 200 now, so he's starting to creep up a little bit. It's hard to th- every time you think Bodie's about to get it going, he has three horrible games. He'll have a game where he's two for four, and then the next three games just looks lost again. Jason Hayward went two for five. He is over 200 now. OPS at 590, though. It's just, you know what you're getting out of him. I feel there's no reason to start him every day next year or the year after that. Just let him be a guy who comes in off the bench and just kind of mentors some of the younger hitters to go along, hopefully, with the Nick Castellanos. Oh, God, I want him back. And, uh, yeah, and that rounds it off. Alcantara went one for five. He's been striking out a ton and just not very good. He's only 24. But again, I project him to be kind of like a backup infielder on uh, an even a, an average team, on a good team. I don't even know if he's your backup infielder. He's still young, though. I couldn't, shouldn't be too judgy. Our guy Matt Duffy came in late. He went uh, one for two. Man, I'm surprised Matt Duffy's OPS is at 642. His batting average is at 260. But Matt Duffy is a guy that after he came back was struggling for a while, but I really feel has come on a lot lately. Matt Duffy over his last seven games is hitting – uh, 250. That's it. Why do I feel like he's having better games than before? Oh, his last 15 games, he's hitting 319. So there you go. Last 15, 319. Uh, again, a lot of singles. The big singles hitter, this guy. I don't know about Matt Duffy. I don't know about bringing him back. I know we were at our best when we had him. 
you know, if he if he does if they have him under cost control, which I don't even know if they do. I think it was a one year contract. If they could bring him back another one year contract for a million, million five, I do it. Because again, if he doesn't deliver and he just looks bad and he's just a wasting a roster spot, you could cut him. But you know, again, he could play first base, third base, left field. So he's insurance right there. You know, I feel like Schwindel and Wisdom are earning their corner outfields or corner infield, I should say, spots. You bring Matt Duffy back as a reserve. If Schwindel starts to fall off, Duffy could play first. If Wisdom starts to fall off, Duffy could play third. It's a good situation to be in. You go out and get yourself a premier shortstop for a free agent shortstop, a premier DH left field corner guy. Ortega could play center, keep it warm. Ian Happ over on right field. And, and then, you know, when Brennan Davis comes up, you know, you got Wilson Contreras behind the plate. Uh, Nico Horner could be like super utility. I wouldn't mind. You know, him playing second base and then having magical DH or magical. So, you know, there's there's options now. You got some depth too. talking some depth right now. All right, uh, Cubs fans. This episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. It is that time of year again. And all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back to the gridiron to start the season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest as well. I've always been terrible about those, but for that money, I think I'm going to play this year. What do you guys say? You guys want to go head-to-head? Let's do it. Let's go to bet online. Head to the website right now on your computer or bust out that cell phone and sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo in which any bet you make it's got to be for you know it's this opening day for the thursday september 9th opener of the bucks versus cowboys if you lose your wager will be refunded up to 25 dollars for new customers only when signing up and using promo code nfl 100 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football basketball boxing right down to all your favorite vegas casino games don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Again, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, everybody. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So I endure an often pointless and seemingly intimidating trip to the auto parts store. Intimidating in the sense where it's like they expect you to know every little thing about your car. Hey, what's the VIN number? I don't know. Who knows that, buddy? I got the license plate for you. It's right there. We've got computers, and you know you've got access to good old rockauto.com at home. So stay there, right? Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Get that shag, right? Treat yourself. That's what I'm telling you to do. So here's what you want to do. You want to go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right. I've been doing these fun little uh, free agent profiles, right? I do want to give a shout out to a minor leaguer though. Alexander Canario. Wow. He has just been on a tear and only like 85 at bats. With the Cubs, uh, single A, he's over in South Bend, and which is like high A, they call it. Alexander Canario or Canario, I apologize for messing that up. Uh, just turned 21 uh, this season. So, yeah, this is his age 21. Yeah, 21, three months ago. Um, 
he's, he's showing some stuff. He really is. He's estimated time of arrival for a lot of prospect reports is 2023, which makes sense. He's only in high A. You know, and he starts next season in double A, sees how he does there, you know. But right now, since coming over, he was hot his last like week with the Giants. And there are some people who said, like, if the trade deadline was back two weeks further, say the trade deadline was like August 15th, there's no way in heck the Giants would have traded Alexander Canario for Chris Bryant. They just would not have done it. He's got six home runs right now and 82 plate appearances. That's phenomenal. Strikeouts are a little high, doesn't walk much, but plays a great outfield. He's got a cannon. I saw a highlight the other day of him throwing the ball from the fly. He was like, he wasn't too deep left field, but he wasn't too shallow. It's probably like middle depth and threw it on a fly to the catcher, just slightly up line. But like, wow, the tools are there. Seems to run the bases very well. Very exciting young prospect to keep an eye out for. Now, I did uh, on the earlier podcast, I profiled Kyle Schwarber because I'm looking at corner outfield slash DH to go along with the shortstop profiles because I think those are the Cubs' two biggest needs this offseason. You know, as far as shortstop, I do want to reiterate, I am a big Nico Horner fan. I'm a fan of his at second base where he's already ranked as one of the best defensive players at second base. At shortstop, league average, put some work in maybe a little bit above average. I don't think he's below average there by any means, but I think we could do better. That's my point. And then you have Nick Madrigal, who's bat. I'm very intrigued to watch because it seems like he's a guy who will fall out of bed and hit 300 for you. You know, I don't, you know, he's not as good a second baseman as Nico Horner. Can move him to left field. A lot of teams have taken bad second basemen and moved them to left field. It's happened, you know, the Cubs did that back in the day with Alfonso Soriano back in the 07 season. So, you know, then Magical could then be your corner outfielder, and then you get the DH type. So I guess I'm going to focus on a DH because I do, I feel strongly that it's definitely going to happen in 2022 in Major League Baseball. I will be shocked, absolutely shocked, if we don't see the universal DH for the 2022 season. The DH I'm going to look for right now is one Jorge Soler. That's right. We are going bargain business, our bargain bin shopping right now with Jorge Soler. I wouldn't have said that two seasons ago. Jorge Soler, since being traded over to Atlanta from the, uh, I'm sorry, the Kansas City Royals, I mean a blank there on you. Um, he has been hitting a lot better than betting him second. It kind of helps when you got Freddie Freeman behind you. Now, Jorge does not play a very good outfield. They've been using him mostly in uh, left field. He is only 29. He will be 30 before next season starts because he has a February birthday. He's making $8 million. I wonder what he's making $8 million this year. I wonder what he would be looking for because he's not having the greatest of seasons right now. He is a minus one war. His defense is absolutely atrocious. So that's why the DH has to happen. Otherwise, he's going to find himself back in the American League. After three consecutive seasons of above-average offensive play, including the 2019 season in which he set the Kansas City Royals record with 48 bombs, I still think that was a great trade, though. There were some Cubs fans who, when Soler went off in 2019, seeing that was a bad trade. We traded four years of Jorge Soler, who going into 2017 was our fifth outfielder. We traded four years of, a, of, of your fifth outfielder for one year of an all-star elite, elite closer. Wade Davis was almost perfect as a closer. He blew one save and was huge for us advancing to the NLCS that year. Remember, he struck out Bryce Harper to win game five of the NLDS. That's a great trade. I'm sorry. And, and also, do I even remind Cubs fans? Here's what he did with Kansas City in 2017. 
Um, he played 35 games. In 2018, played 61 games. He finally is healthy in 2019, plays all 162 games, and went off. But think about it. If we keep him for 2017, 2018, we'd have been kicking ourselves that we didn't make that trade. You can't get mad if a guy eventually does well. We were competing now. When you're competing now, sometimes you give up guys who are going to be good later. And as long as you get value back, there's no way that trade was a loss. Obviously, Eloy and Cease for Q, it's a completely different thing because we didn't get the value that we were expecting out of Q. But we got the value we were expecting out of Davis and then some. We were expecting an, a really, really good closer. We got a great closer for the 2017 season. And he turned it into a huge payday, so good on him there. As far as strikeout-to-walk ratio goes, because we like to look at it, uh, he is having his best walk ratio at 12% this year, 25% K rate. So that is his lowest too. So his batting eye is picking up. That was the one thing that when he was coming up as a prospect, a lot of people were impressed by his eye. And yet at the major league level, I don't know if the pressure or what went wrong with him, but something just happened differently. Jorge Soler has been heating up. He's up to 18 home runs now in 116 games, 460 at bats. So he's played most of the season. And, uh, you know, the batting average is still pretty poor at 204 on base 309 slugging only 392 I, I think if if the cubs decide we don't want to spend a ton of money for whatever reason you guys know i'm against it but i could see jorge soler being like the jack peterson type of signing i mean you could get him for like one year 10 million dollars or so maybe 10 to 12 million and maybe with like a club option or maybe he wants a two-year deal but Low term. He's not Jorge Soler coming off of this season, even though he's been heating up this, you know, since being traded over to Atlanta, he is not showing you enough where you're going to give him a long term deal. I'd be surprised if he got more than three years on the open market, three years tops. But I'm looking, he's looking around the one year, two year prove it deal, you know, which could be a good situation. I feel like he liked his time in Chicago. He understood the trade. I don't think there was any bad blood there at all. He was happy to go to Kansas and he was hurt the next few years and he was hurt with us a bunch. He was phenomenal in the 2015 playoffs for us, huge against the Cardinals and Mets. And then 2016, he just never really took off with that spot. And Schwarber was better defensively than him. And then Schwarber got hurt. And Chris Coglin played better than him. And then Javi emerged, and then we moved Ben Zobers to left field. They had a lot of depth on that 2016 team, didn't we? Oh, 2016. I don't care if you become my 85 Bears. I will always smile when thinking about you. But it's just something to think about. So Jorge Soler is another option. On the next podcast, I'll I'll do a free agent profile of someone who is not connected to the Cubs uh, the way I did with uh, Schwarber and Jorge on this doubleheader podcast Thursday. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Lockdown Cubs. You guys are the best. Expect tomorrow's episode up, hopefully by lunchtime, in which I'll preview the next series. And uh, we'll look a little bit more at what lies ahead for our Chicago Cubs the rest of this 2021 season. As always, go Cubs. Lockdown bets, everybody. Betting on the NBA, MLB, or NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.